welcome back to The Catch. Today on the podcast, I am joined by John Rahimi and David McCormick. We got all of us here together. John is chowing down on a tasty, scrumptious snack. That's right. A lot of Wendy's. <laughs> John, I'd like you to repeat John, did you get the four your four? order. Oh, David, I did not get the four for four. I told Michael, Sad. but she was astounded by it. He had to, he had to clarify what I said. Um, I got 10 chicken nuggets two crispy chicken sandwiches, and two double bacon cheeseburgers. So it's a little bit more than a four for four. It's like an eight for eight. Yeah. (laughs) Did you also get fries, or is it just the entrees? No, I said no to the the fries. I mean, a judgment call there. It's tempting. Guys, I have limits. I have principles. Yeah, John was like, this body is a temple. No fries, please. (laughs) My body is a temple. Um, yeah. You know, we were talking before about, um, Michael, you coming to visit at the seminary or like, I don't know what the actual topic was. Oh, like I think, I, I, well, yeah, I was, well, I was talking with, um, I was talking with Katie and Christina the other, the other day and Katie's like, do you guys like go out and like, you know, whatever, sneak out? And I was like, no, you don't have to sneak out anywhere. You just leave <laughs> like normal people. <laughs> Is it like, are, are there curfews? That's a question I had. Yeah, there are actually. Okay. But what, like, what's, what's curfew? <laughs> really hope no one from the seminary listens to this. I don't actually know. I have no idea. I think it's like midnight maybe. Anyone who's listening, John is home in bed by 8 p.m. every night. <laughs> yeah, every, every night. <laughs> Let's clarify. He actually, he doesn't have to be asleep until nine, but he has to be in his room at eight. It's much oh. cooler. Yeah, lights off at nine. That's right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, sorry. We have a, we're all on weird schedules today. So it was kind of a miracle this actually happened. Actually, it happened within the span of five minutes where I texted John and David about something. And then two minutes later, they said that they were free to do a podcast really quickly. So I was like, oh, wow, this is about as good as it gets. So we're going to be lightning mcqueen a little quick a little speedy but yeah it's divine mercy sunday so eating all of this wendy's right now also for the visual entertainment when i'll go for it oh no i was just saying this might be the most interesting form of procrastination i've ever done for my homework so (laughs) well you only have about like 20 more minutes of procrastinating and i'll uh i'll set you free after that david speedy fast john is also under pressure at school right now he is in the heat of balancing finals and homework and about 700 things all at once so we're also gonna try to be a little bit respectful for him which is why he's multitasking with his two tons of wendy's food probably food in my mouth yeah it's something I need to get better at but alas i have two more weeks of school and then i have to go on a 30-day silent retreat so i have to finish my finals before everyone else has to finish their finals so i'm sort of cramming right now well, and you, you, you'll do it. <laughs> He'll finish, John. You'll do just fine. That's right. You got this, John. And I am in the middle of like full takeover for teaching. And I get to give standardized tests the next two weeks in Proctorum, which means there's going to be a lot of just me standing awkwardly in a room with kids. So that should be fun. Rephrase that next time, but yep. (laughs) Yeah, I had to bite my tongue on quite a few jokes there, so. (laughs) 
I mean, quite literally, though, that's that's what it's going yeah. to be. Like, after you give the test, you like, I can't do anything. Yeah. Like, I guess, I guess, like, you have to, there's like an online program to make sure they're not cheating. But anyway, I digress. There it is. You can, there's, you can, play, that, you can play that game where a penguin slides down a ramp and then you hit it with the, with a bat to see how far it goes. You're Please send game. me the link to that game. That game <laughs> is immaculate. I mean, I played that all the time in grade school. It's a lot of fun. It's really fun. Yeah. That David, now you actually have good use of your time for this week to do. Just try to beat that game. Goodness. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. And on my end, I have no school, which is pretty fantastic. But work is pretty crazy right now. So I am working some long days, long shifts. Uh, but oh well. We're we're getting by. But because we're all on a little bit tighter schedules, I'll uh, I'll jump right into our topic, which is today today we're recording on sunday which is divine mercy sunday and this is going to be coming out tomorrow so really for lack of a better topic i thought it'd be nice to even just talk a little bit more about the story of the divine mercy kind of image the chapel all those good things and kind of talk about the significance of it it's something that i haven't really considered in the past um but a couple of years ago it was given to me in confession and just kind of slowly has reappeared in my life. So just kind of wanted to talk a little bit through the history and about all those good things. And of course, have you two along for the journey to kind of sift through it. Sweet. Sweet. I didn't know anything about it for a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to, excited to learn something here. I am interested to hear a little bit more of the, of the history my my mother loves divine mercy sunday with a passion so she like growing up as a kid would make me go like every sunday for some reason a lot of times just like me and her but i was not a huge fan of divine mercy sunday when i was a kid because i was i was like this isn't church and i have to be here for an hour like what the heck but now i've learned to appreciate it a little bit more i've started to come around to it yeah i had a similar experience i think to both of you. Um, I also have memories of doing that as a child, David, with my with my mother. But John, I was probably more similar in your boat, where I didn't really actually know much about it. I just kind of knew the image existed. And really, I thought that image was just like someone's interpretation of like God's mercy, maybe. I didn't really know there was any like really significance behind it for quite a long time. It just is like one of those images you usually see on like highway billboards as you're going down like major highways across America. David, thank you. Perfect. Um, But I'll kind of go into first like setting the scene with St. Faustina and kind of a little bit of her background because I think it plays an important key in like understanding the, the history of it. And I'll actually go into like the history of kind of divine mercy and St. Faustina's role in it. Um, But first, obviously, Divine Mercy kind of centers around one figure at first, um, but also goes out to all of us. But that main figure that kind of brought this about in the kind of beginning would be St. Faustina. Uh, She grew up poor in like kind of the World War I era and joined the convent in, I think, like the 1930s. And she was very kind of uneducated. I think she only went to like three years of any formal education. I think even that it was just kind of like very intro level things. And so within the convent, she was kind of given the most humble tasks. She was kind of in charge of like the kitchen or um, like gardening and outdoor work. 
So it wasn't like she was kind of going to be some academic in the church or in her congregation or anything like that. But in this, she joined in kind of 1930. And then in 1931, um, actually on my birthday in 1931, February 22nd, um, she sees this image of Jesus that's revealed to her. And uh, David, you showed it earlier, but if anyone's not familiar with it, just Google search the divine mercy image and you'll have about a thousand different options to kind of to look at. But the gist of it is, is that uh, Jesus is in this white garment and he has his right hand up in a blessing and then his left hand on his heart. And it looks like there are two kind of radiating lights, one red and one uh, white. And we'll kind of go into more of like the breakdown of the meaning of that, but I kind of want to stay at the history for a little bit longer. Um, and so in 1931, she sees this image, but these messages of mercy continue between her and Jesus from 1931 all the way to 1936 or 1938 uh, when she dies. And in 1934 is when she actually commissions the painting. The painting's actually created and she's actually disappointed at first by the quality of it because she was like, this doesn't capture the beauty of what I saw. It doesn't capture the beauty of Christ in this image. Um, but nonetheless, keeps progressing. In 1935, the image is venerated for the first time in Krakow, and uh, she begins to record her experiences in the diary, uh, her diary, which is also, I think, available to buy or to read right now. Um, and before we move on into some of the nitty gritty stuff about the actual image and about divine mercy itself, are there any questions or comments about the history? I would just like everyone to take note that Michael has revealed his birthday. So please send him gifts and messages on February 22nd. Um, no, that's, I think that's good. There was, there was a cheesy documentary I forgot we watched last year during the spiritual year that came out that some Polish people made. It was really, really, really corny. But it was, yeah, it was cool to, to see the history of all that. Like she was just so fed up with the way the guy was drawing it. She's like, you're doing it wrong. Like get it right. And the guy was like, I'm trying my best. <laughs> which is very particular did she ever come around to like how how it was portrayed or was she always a little disappointed no i think i think she she came around at the end good okay and i saw something actually interesting posted today by our buddies <laughs> over at uh, bishop sheen rosaries that um when the divine mercy image was compared to the shroud of turin like the image like the likeness and dimensions of the face it was like a one-for-one -one image like mm -hmm. an exact match essentially of the shroud of turin which I thought was kind of just a pretty crazy, uh, a crazy fact. <laughs> I don't know, like what are the odds of that being able to kind of transfer like that? Uh, that's kind of a side note, but just still something really cool about kind of the detail that was taken in getting that image right. Kind of like you said, John, just the back and forth of her being like, nope, don't like it. <laughs> um, but again, I know we talked about the history, but like, I think John, you and I were saying originally that it's okay that we know the image and we know the history maybe of how it came about, but like really what does it signify and kind of what does it mean for us? And what does it mean actually just in general, something that I want to dive into. Um, and before I kind of talk about anything on my end, I want to kind of open the floor to the two of you. Um, like what is your interpretation of the divine mercy image? I think back to um a phrase that is always used, I feel like on Divine Mercy Sunday, is like the mercy is like as big as powerful, 
basically it's compared to an ocean. Um, and yeah, that, that's just kind of like when I see the image, um, I just see just like the outpouring of mercy that is so great. Um, and I think also I kind of come to is like we have all year to, you know, come to the Lord. And I think what's special about Divine Mercy Sunday, it is like the, the image is showing that he is outpouring his mercy and that like it's there and all you have to do is ask and like and he's present in that and so I think that's just like a great reminder so that image I think it just is very powerful and that you see that it's not just like sitting there with him but it's coming out of him and it's outpouring like to to us yeah I think of actually it's kind of cool because today's reading from John 20 when Jesus shows up is that's kind of what I imagine this is coming from. I've always imagined like when Jesus steps into that room, it's dark. There's a few candles on the floor and all that's like illuminating is coming from him. And that's like what the, the apostles see is like his heart is burning and like pouring out this light, like right. The, the blood and water from the cross, the red and the white. Um, but here he's offering his peace um and like that's the fruit of merciful love is is peace and that really just came to me from uh there's a book by father michael gately consoling the heart of jesus which i think like everyone should read at some point in their life it's it's really good um and it opens up like a whole new dimension of just like understanding how much jesus really does love and desire to give his mercy um yeah the book really really turned me around i remember talking to you guys about it a few years ago when i got it from Christina but it was just like it was such a good book and it really really paints the merciful love of the Lord in a new light yeah I, I couldn't agree with either of you more for me I, I think I've had the same experience with that just infinite mercy and trying to kind of it helps me remember how easy it is for God to forgive and I think this was something that we've talked about in the past but I've also talked about with different confessors of just saying like you know sometimes it's hard to actually accept that um, and they say like, okay, to, to combat that, just think of how easy it is for him to forgive you and how much he wants to forgive you actually. And this image is, I think, a really beautiful depiction of that love, but probably about three or four years ago, I was given, um, I guess I was in confession and I think I was actually in confession in Chicago by chance. I can't exactly remember. Uh, I think it might've been Kansas, but Either way, at the end of the confession, this priest just slipped me a little card upside down. I was like, well, what is this? And I take it um, and it's the divine mercy image. And he says, okay, I want you to like sit for your penance and just repeat those words. Jesus, I trust in you 10 times. He goes, after you do it 10 times, do it another 10 times and do it until you just do it until that becomes your natural just kind of way of life, just actually being outwardly trusting towards them. So that's something that I've always kind of looked to it as well, um, is just trying to deepen my own trust in the Lord and trusting in his will when I'm kind of rebellious. And that's kind of separated me from the traditional mercy aspect of it, but it is included in it. So um, that's my personal, I guess, relationship with it. Um, something that I was kind of looking at earlier is I was kind of looking at different excerpts from the diary of St. Faustina and something that I thought was a, a really beautiful depiction of this. And something that kind of always confused me is kind of the, the red and the white and kind of interpreting what they meant. I think I, the general interpretation is like, Oh, one's blood, one's water. Um, 
but like diving deeper into what those do for us and what those radiating lights do when they touch us is something that I've kind of always been more curious about. And I think I've usually just left up to my own discretion rather than actually looking for an answer. But I have a little paragraph that I was going to read directly from the diary and uh, hear what you two think of it. But I'll start here. The, the two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. These two rays issued forth from the depths of my tender mercy when my agonizing, when my agonized heart was opened by a lance on the cross. Happy is the one who will dwell in their shelter, for the just hand of God shall not lay hold of him. By means of this image, I shall grant many graces to souls. It is to be a reminder of the demands of my mercy, because even the strongest faith is of no avail without works. Yeah, all I can think of is the church. Right, it's the the life of souls, and then that makes them righteous. Is like through baptism in the waters of baptism, we die with Christ, and we're brought back to new life, and we have a great freedom in that. That we don't have to be scared anymore because we've already died, uh, and we get to live with this love of the Father pouring out through the heart of Christ. And the blood is the life of souls, which is the Eucharist, and that's what it's the body of Christ. That's the church. So like, and that's what he's like, the, the, the church fathers from the earliest times have said, like, that's what was born from the side of Christ. The church is born from the side of Christ, just as Eve is the born from the side of, of Adam. So is the bride from the side of Christ. So like, that's just, it's all there, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, you hit that one on the head. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that's literally what I was going to be looking for someone to bring up was that it was the Eucharist um, for the blood. So thank you for taking the words out of my mouth, Donald. <laughs> welcome that's what i do and kind of even more um practical kind of before we wrap up a little bit here there was this resource i found that kind of has a lot of information on the divine mercy story uh and we are focusing on the image rather than the chaplet for today i think but they kind of gave the three the abcs of divine mercy and how someone could kind of actually take this image in and practice it in their life And so the A would be to ask for God's mercy. The B would be to be merciful to others. And then three, um, I guess C, that's how letters work, not numbers. Uh, (laughs) C is completely trust in Jesus. Um, And I think that kind of sums up kind of the different dimensions of this image, which we've seen, I think, First off is just whenever we talk of God's mercy, we always have that image of just going before him. And I think Johnny talked about this today with today's readings of just the gift of confession. Um, And really what an astounding and almost shocking gift that is that we're given uh, in kind of almost like a a second baptism we can go to each and every time we fall. That's something that I've just always been kind of blown away that we would ever even have that opportunity. Um, So that's kind of the A for me. And the B, I think it's always kind of just goes back to the commandments and just generally how we treat others. But that C is kind of where I latch on to just that complete trust. And that's a personal devotion to myself. But do either of you have any thoughts on those? The, um, just the litany of trust I was given by a friend a couple of years ago also has the image of um, divine mercy. Um, so that if that is an area that you're struggling, um, I would 100% recommend i think it was from 
I'm forgetting which order wrote it, um, which group of sisters, but um, I would 100% recommend going to read it and praying with it because I know that's been very helpful to me. It has that image of the divine mercy at the top. So if that's an area too, like I know I struggle in that complete trust, that is a great like resource and great thing to sit and pray with. Yeah, I mean, uh, that mercy, that kind of love um, is that of like the father, or like a real, real, the father is merciful. Um, I think it's Luke six, I think, or seven when he says, you know, be, be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. Um, and there's a, there's a faithfulness there. Um, that's just really like profound to sit with, but I think overall, like if you want to conform your heart to the heart of Christ, like, as any Christian should want to do, like, that's the whole point of this is to, to have Christ's heart and to be like Christ, then accepting the love, the merciful love of the father is what a son does, is what a daughter does, because that's what Christ does as the son. He fully is dependent on him and trusts in him. So that phrase is like, you're speaking as Christ in that moment, even though it says, Jesus, I trust in you. You're taking on the words of Christ to the father saying, you know, father, I trust in you. And I'm, I'm going to depend on you and accept my sonship, my daughterhood, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's just like, that's the identity we want to, we want to have and live in. And for me, that even goes back to a past podcast we had of just kind of that idea of the light and darkness of staying in the light. But looking at the image, I think those rays emanating out, they emanate out to, t- to touch us and to conform us and to make us look like a likened image of themselves. Um, it's like if you shine a red light on something, suddenly you see that thing in a red tint. It's the same way as just looking at those rays coming out on us, like those rays shine upon us, touch us. Now we live our life within that uh, realm. And that's something that you also have to embrace and stay in the light of. And we've already talked about in the past how easy it is to maybe hide away from that. Um, but before we close out, I have two notes here. Um, the first is that a plenary indulgence is offered for divine mercy. So if anyone is interested in that, I just encourage them to Google it. I won't kind of go into all the different breakdowns of it today, but um, there are resources out there that kind of give you a good breakdown of kind of the criteria to hit there. Um, But the really thing I wanted to leave people with was just the promise given to St. Faustina for those who will venerate the image of divine mercy. And from there, we'll kind of close out, but uh, it starts with, I promise that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of its death. I myself will defend it as my own glory. Just real simple, but I think those words, (laughs) for me at least, hold a lot of power, a lot of meaning. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm, 100%. Great. Well, I think that's all we have for everyone today. Um, So until next time, we will talk to you all later. Toodaloo. Peace. See ya.